Well, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It is your host, C.L. King, coming to you live from the High Definition Studios here in Impactville. And we are excited to be able to close out the busy broadcast week with something that's going to be a treat for all of y'all in the house. Yes, I'm telling you, if you have anything else to do tonight, you should cancel your plans, sit down here, and learn at the table of wisdom and excellence. My friend, the doctor, is in the house. Yes, the one and only Dr. Ed Bell. And Dr. Ed Bell is a man that is highly sought after, highly esteemed, and a highly accredited individual, a person who has changed the trajectory of many people's lives. Dr. Ed Bell from North Carolina Department of Public Instructions just recently retired as a federal program administrator where he worked with federal programs. He is an author, a researcher, a poet, and an educator. His professional experiences include, but are not limited to, being a mental health social worker, a nonprofit executive, a college professor, parent educator, middle and high school teacher, workshop presenter, keynote speaker, academic tutor, and a school counselor. He has authored books and published research articles regarding education of African-American males. He currently resides in Raleigh, North Carolina. Dr. Ed Bell received his associates in criminal justice technology from Craven Community College, his BA in criminal justice from North Carolina Central University, his MA in counseling, and his PhD in education leadership, both from Liberty University. Dr. Bell is a licensed school counselor with licenses in the 6th through 12th social studies and English language arts. In 1993, Dr. Bell received the prestigious Nancy Susan Reynolds Award for his uh, personal services given by the Z. Smith Reynolds Foundation, a $25,000 prize. He was named the Tar Heel, uh, Tar Heel of the Week by the News and Observer back in 1994. He has received numerous awards for his community and philanthropic services. In 2002, Dr. Ed Bell studied abroad in Israel and has done a host of other things. I want everybody to stop what you're doing, get your pen and paper, and grab your ears and open them up wide. I want you to help welcome all the way from Raleigh, North Carolina, our guest, the one and only Dr. Ed Bell. Welcome, doctor. Glad to be here. Glad to be with you this, uh, this evening. So happy well, to be here. We are so glad that you are here, Dr. Bell. And um, one one of the things that I, we did in the pre-show, what, what I get to do is I get to ask the doctor all the stuff I've been wanting to ask him, and then we can see if we can remember any of that stuff during the show. So thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule. I know you just finished the class in tutoring. Now, so I, knew, you know, I know you're very busy, but we thank you for making time to come on the show, sir. So glad to be here, and thank you for the uh, the introduction. You make make me feel as though I am somebody. You surely are. That's the the price of admission is the introduction, sir. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, let's get started because we got a lot to cover. I know a lot of people have an interest in you. You have touched so many thousands of lives. But let's give the the important information out first. How can people reach you, sir? Um, I can be reached uh, through Facebook, of course. Uh, as well as through my email address, which is uh, drbell1906 at gmail.com, or website is dredbell.org, O-R-G, uh, instant messengers, as well as uh, Facebook. So I am accessible. Yeah, and that's that's one thing you have to do in this time and age that we're living in is if you're a person of influence, you kind of got to be accessible. And Dr. Bell certainly is. When we reached out to him, we had to finagle a few things, had to twist his arm to get him on the show. But we, we worked, we climbed the highest mountain to get him here. And so thank you again for that. And if you would like to contact Dr. Bell, all you got to do is go to Dr. Ed Bell, one word, dot org and uh, you're going to see why you want this individual in your life so without telling us from cradle to grave but giving an introduction which is important tell us a little bit about yourself the dr ed bell that many people may not know when, when i heard the introduction i thought about growing up in q2 323 craven terrace 
one of the local housing projects in the city of New Bern, a boy on free and reduced lunch. Parents weren't high school graduates, but they had college mind. And so I never forget my beginnings and even in schooling, you know, I was, a, I was an average student, but I was a determined student. I had something that school did not taught, but I saw it demonstrated in my community, which is G-R-I-T, grit. Mm -hmm. And so I was determined to succeed. And so in a nutshell, without taking up too much of your time, uh, for, for, for me, that's a little bit about me. I just knew that I would be he just knew that you would be. And that's that's truly what it, it is, ladies and gentlemen, that, you know, it started in the belief system with Dr. Ed Bell. And I want everybody to share this and let your friends know that if you would like to con contact Dr. Ed Bell for many of his additional services, he retired. Then he came out of retirement. They called you out of retirement. I seen it. He could he could even stay retired a couple hours and he was back in the, back on the field. <laughs> I was back. <laughs> I was back doing the uh, doing the, the the necessary work, right, and the work that I have a passion on calling to do. That's that's so true. So let's 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 go on your journey because you know I've seen you make comments and I've I've joked around about getting an honorary doctorate from Bojangles as much as I eat there. <laughs> Doctor Doctor Bell's got this issue with y'all with these honorary doctors, right? <laughs> listen, listen, listen. Uh-oh. <laughs> what I try to do and some others try to do, I think we have to educate people. Right. And we have to educate people in our community. We have to do that. Yes, sir. Because there's nothing wrong with having an honorary doctorate, but the listener and the reader needs to know what it is. Mm. That's, that's an honor. It's not necessarily earned. And so there's a difference because people would say to me, oh, you must be a pastor. I said, why would you ask me if I'm a pastor? Uh -huh. Oh, because you're a doctor. I said, no, 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 no. Uh -huh. No, I have earned my doctorate, my EDD in education. Right. I have studied, I have the scholarship, and most importantly, I have the, the appropriate accreditation. <laughs> So not only can I preach if I desire to, right, but I can teach at any university that I choose to. So our community must understand the difference wow. in what we have. So it's a it's a uh, it's a teaching moment, and I'm reminded of the words of uh, the late but great doctor Mar Angelo when you learned. You teach. Ah. When you get, you give. Yes, sir. And so sometimes we just don't know. And so there's a distinction. There is a difference. Yeah. And you and know so the community needs to know that. And I and I love it. When I first saw Dr. Dr. Ed Bell posting, who is our guest on Impacting Life 24-7, when I saw him post that, I, you know, I was like, man, I'm I might be a little twisted with him on that one. But then as I as I read your what you just articulated he po he put that in the post i said you know that that is true you know like some people like just in my let's say in my profession you know i've i've earned a lot of things being a certified master life coach and being a professional speaker awards etc you can't just consider yourself a speaker just because you can put a few sentences together because right, right, right. You, you follow what I'm saying. Like right. I've, I've been at this 20 years. I had to earn to demand a paycheck from this. And so I get what you're saying. And, and furthermore, not just about, Hey, this is, we're not hitting all you honorary folks, but it's about understanding and understanding it in its proper context. And so yes. that was, that was eye opening for me because, you know, I thought, yes. man, I think it's just cool. Let me send off for a doctorate. I'll be Dr. King up in this joint. Well, you probably could send off tonight and to, uh, by midnight you will have one, but, but here's what we have to understand. We can't, 
my whole point and those similar right. situated like I am yeah. wanted to inform the community. Right. Say, this is what we are working with. If a person has an honor, then a honor, honor is due. Regardless of what is the, what, regardless of the war institution. Right. But we shouldn't make assumptions and assume that the person has done the scholarship. Right. And the person has received that advanced degree, that doctorate from yeah. an appropriately <laughs> recognized yes, sir. institution that not only can you teach uh -huh. at, a, at a church, or not only you can preach at a particular church, but you can teach at a reputable institution as well. That's the divide. Right. And you see that Greg, Greg says he's so crazy. He says, Dr. Gregory Smith. Uh, yeah, we'll, me and Greg going to send off for our doctors in the morning and watch what Dr. Bell does on our post. When we, <laughs> he he goes straighten us out anyway. But but I, I asked all of that to set this next question up about your educational journey. And, um, you know, tell us about uh, that journey, because it, it was a long journey. And, and what got you into what sparked your, after you got your degrees, what sparked your your imagination of being an educator and a teacher? Right, see, when I was in school from elementary to middle school, you know, I was an average student. I was average student, according to the standards at that time. I was an average, I was a good A, B, C, D. And I think, I think, yes, and an F student. I think uh -oh. I made an F. I think I got an F in pre-algebra, but that's a long story. Okay. Uh, so, but I knew that that all of this was going to not be my final destination for as my success. Right. So I was, I, I was determined. And I had something I said before that wasn't taught in school. It was grit. And so I was a determined student. And not only I was a, a, a determined student, but I have the support of villagers. Mm. And those villagers were older people. Yeah. Older females. Okay. That look I looked up to and they uh gave into me and I gave into them. Yeah. And so so throughout elementary to middle, high school, I was more I was very radical in high school, extremely opinionated. I was social justice driven in uh, in high school. But once one, one subject that I've always excelled in, and that was English, mm -hmm. I always admired and took an interest in reading vocabulary and learning words and literature. Let me pause you right there. Put the pause right there. Don't don't go anywhere. But ladies and gentlemen, I can attest to him being an English master because our team put the flyer together last night to promote this show. And he said, um, CL, you got something uh, wrong on the flyer. You need to get it corrected. I said, <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, we go. We I, we're dealing with the English major right there. <laughs> and and uh, that that was uh, that was yeah. duly noted and uh, very well received. But English, yes. you, you love the English language. I love English classes because 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 when I reflect back on my English teachers, they were all black female teachers. Uh, and so I gravitated to the courses because once again, uh, they poured into me. Right. And it was reciprocal. And so I just bonded and it just, it, it just jailed with me that that subject. And so I was very successful in my English courses. I really was, I enjoyed English class because it was a relationship that I had with the teachers. Right. And so then after high school, uh, you know, I, I knew college was a destination. Then I knew, because I, I said, and I said in the beginning, I knew I was going to be, I knew that. Right. And so I applied to, uh, uh, <laughs> I applied to Elizabeth City State University. Uh, was going there, took clothes there, and I got there at that time. They were supposed to have three beds in the room. There was only two beds in the room. So me and my young self was took offense. Mm -hmm. How could you not have a bed for me? Me? 
And uh -huh. so I called home and said, well, y'all come get me, da, 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 long story. So then I came back home and I rushed again into another institution. I couldn't. So I went to Craven Community College for a semester, no, for a quarter. So I left Craven. Then I went to Centra for a semester. I said, well, you know, I don't, I'm not feeling Centra either. So then I left Central. Then I went back to Craven Community College. I said, oh, okay, let me go ahead and finish my associate degree here at Craven. Then I went back to Central to finish my uh, bachelor degree in criminal justice. So I say to parents, as I've been listening, as a young person, the journey had to be my journey. And I was going to go on this journey the way I want to drive the car. And my parents never said a word. And so, but I finished, I got my master's and I got my doctorate in uh, education later. And so, you know, so I'm, all, I'm, go ahead. So all of that to, uh, to say the journey has been a good journey. It has been an insightful journey. It, in the words, um, you know, Mar Angelo, you know, I would take nothing for my, my journey. Now, and actually I'm just remembering something we talked about before the show. I remember applying to ECU and taking the Miller's analogy test to, to go into social work. And I did not pass the Miller, Miller's analogy test and I was not accepted That's into what it ECU's was. Uh, master's program to get a master's degree in social work. But listen, that's, Brooke King. That's what it was. That's not the end of the story, though. Go ahead. But I'm teaching social work now uh -huh. at North Carolina State University. But I was denied admission because I did not pass the Miller analogy test, which is a, which is a prerequisite right. to, to, for interest into the social work program. Right. But I'm teaching social work now. Go figure that. <laughs> So there you go. See, I knew. See, doctor, I knew I wasn't missing it. We just no, no, no that's, the, that's it, right? We right. had to get the wires crossed. Yeah, again, right, right. our guest tonight, Doctor Ed Bell, a hailing from Raleigh, North Carolina. You can find and connect with Doctor Bell at Doctor Ed Bell, all one word dot org. Ed, Doctor Ed Bell dot org. You can find him on all social media outlets and platforms. One of the things that that I've noticed that you have been passionate about, among many things is classroom management. Now I know you could probably give me like a full dissertation on this, but but <laughs> you probably got a whole, whole dictionary on it, but help us understand because we have a lot of educators in this area. As you know, I'm in the Jacksonville area. So we have a lot of educators that tune into this, this broadcast. How do you help? Because that, that word can sometimes be overwhelming. How do you, how do you help educators in this classroom management uh, concept. As a former teacher of middle and high school, let me just preface by saying I taught in a classroom that will initially it was supposed to have been for those students for whatever reasons were could not make it quote in a regular classroom. Right. So they came into Mr. Bell's classroom that time, a specialized uh, classroom to deal with the Raheem's and Laquitias of the world. <laughs> and your uh, your listeners understand what I'm saying. Yes, sir. <laughs> and so, but not taking, not taking away from the support that I had with administrators, I had to quickly develop a system of respect. I had to give it and I had to uh, receive it and respect it mm -hmm. and own it. And so I never mistreated a child, but one thing I held to was a very high standard. I was just, I was fair, and I was concise and to the point. Yes, sir. The parents knew where I stood and the students knew where I stood. But most importantly, I had a relationship in the community. And so that helped me to manage class and to expect excellence from students. So it was difficult to do. I'm not gonna tell you it wasn't a difficult process. It was difficult because what I had to realize as a classroom teacher, I am teaching, I was, I was the teacher, 
I was a psychologist. I was a social worker. I was the principal. I was a superintendent. Yeah. I was the mother. I was the father. I was the cousin. <laughs> I was all of that into the teacher. And teacher became last. Wow. And so, <laughs> and so I had to be attentive and to listen. And what I, I had to quickly to understand to help me to manage classes, I had to understand where the kids are coming from. Yeah. I have to understand the culture and the environments and the settings of students. Here I am taking away that I was raised and parented, right? Yeah. Think I'm going to go into a classroom and manage the class or deliver instruction based on how I knew it to be. And so it didn't work for me. And so I had to learn a lot so much. So I penned this book called Letters and Lessons for teachers. Ooh. In this book, what it talks about, it talks about the experiences that students had and what teachers could do to not put a student in a position that caused classroom disruption. You wouldn't believe, it would be unbelievable to hear the lived experiences of students. And these students also gave some suggestions for teaching. Teaching is hard work. Yes, sir. But it's 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 with the passion and it, and it was the conviction and it's about the respect. And as I travel around, I tell educators, I, uh, before I go into classroom management presentation, I need to know and understand who are you as the teacher first. Hmm. So before we can talk about classroom management, I need to understand, and you need to understand, who are you? What beliefs, assumptions, understandings, or misunderstandings that you bring to the classroom? Then we can talk about your instructional practices and how you manage the class. But I think it's important as I travel around, who are you? As the teacher first, Ooh, boy, and then my brother. Yes, you could talk about the nuances of managing the class. But who are you first, Greg? I tell you what, that's a light bulb moment. Yeah, teaching is hard work. Letters and lessons for teachers. Where can they get that book? They can get that book from uh, my website uh, uh, again, DrEdBell.org, or it's on Amazon. Actually, they can do a search on Amazon, uh, actual letters from students who experience hurt, harm, or what has been said. Because once words are spoken, yes, you can't unspeak them. Go ahead, sir. And so, and teachers are human beings, but sometimes, you know, we all have been guilty of saying things to students and it's disrupt the class. Right. It, it pours gas on it in, instead of water, putting it out. Yeah, absolutely. Words and how we handle, because sometimes with classroom management, we have to also understand the power dynamics. Because as the adult in the class, right, we want total control. If I tell you, give me something, you don't, I'm going to snatch it back from you. Why? Because I'm in charge. Because no one is the winner. So we have to be rational when we can be rational and and it's hard, it's hard, don't get me wrong, because I've been there, it's hard, it's right. hard right. to right. be in a position where a student is just cussing you and calling you every word and matter, because I have been in a situation where a student has called me cuss words that I had never heard of before. <laughs> Wow. And I was seated at my desk and he was standing in front of me. Every cuss word imaginable. So I had a choice, right? So I was seated. He was standing. So in my mental health training, I said to self, you do not need to stand up. Because when you stand up, you are becoming confrontational. That's right. So self, stay seated. Self, as much as possible, zip it. 
Because what I did know, did know, this too shall pass. I mean, he called me everything, brother. I just sat there. And so that ended. And I never saw the student again because when he left my classroom, he went through the school and cussed out and pieced out and just did whatever he wanted to do throughout the school. So just imagine if I solo would have taken that opportunity to confront him by standing. Right. And so for me, power struggles in the classroom is sometimes not necessary. I just said I didn't stand up. That, that, that one simple thing, man, that's, that's powerful. That is powerful. Yeah. That's a, that's a powerful effect. And you know, I used to teach Willie M students back in the days and they're, yeah, yes, sir. So, uh, Dr. Ed Bell.org, all one word, D R E D B E L L.org. Man, I, I told Dr. Bell that I knew how deep this show was going to be. That's why we saved the best for last this week and how how much we want this type of conversation it's so needed we i would love to bring him to our leadership institute and just teach our leaders because he's just an, a, a wealth of information greg does ask a question did come in the chat which i found pretty interesting question should we be telling young people they can be whatever they want to be or they can be what they are good at Oh, I love that question. Oh, I just love that. Let me tell you why I love that question. I get into that conversation all the time. Okay. Because the thought is to say to a child, you could be anything that you want to be. Now, historically, we say that as a way to motivate kids to dream and to soar. But realistically speaking, I believe that we all have gifts, talents, and disposition. Mm -hmm. So we as parents, we as carers of children must find out our child niche and cultivate that. Because I can say, I want to be a brain surgeon. Right. Here's what I know. And I own it. I own it. I don't have the capacity of the ability or the energy <laughs> right. Or the desire to be that. But here's what I do know. I could be a darn good teacher. Yeah. And do an excellent job. So to answer that question, sometimes it puts kids at a disadvantage. And not only does it put kids at a disadvantage, but if we're not careful, it will set children up to fail. Not only to be failed, but have some mental challenges. Because the pressure is there to be something for the glory of the parents right, and not for the respect of the child. So we always have to find the strength and the talent of children Man, that and is... say, here are some careers. Mm -hmm. Here's what you need to explore. And since, uh, actually, this is what I did in the book, uh, the, the, uh, the uh, the person who uh, positioned that question because in this book, the father and the son is having a conversation every it relates to careers, and so it's a talk on career exploration. Yeah, Daddy, what can I be? Daddy, can I be this? Daddy, can I be a truck driver? Daddy, can I be an electrician? Daddy, can I be a nurse? Daddy, can I be a doctor? Daddy, what can I be? And the son goes on to say, Daddy, I want to be smart like you. And the father said, it's said, you're going to be smarter than I am. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the story in the book, the child gives a surprising career choice. And I'm not going to share the surprising. That's right. They got to get the book. Yeah, got the book. <laughs> And, and so, and so, we have to have those clear uh, career discussions with children at an early age. Because when I think about my career choice, honestly speaking, Brother King, I should have been an educator a long time ago. Yes, sir. I should have been. So you can get that book from the great Doctor Ed Bell. I can be too. 
You can get that book from his website, DrEdBell.org. When did you when did when did you produce this, Doctor? It came out a couple of weeks ago. Uh, website, or you could go to Amazon. It's on Amazon as well. Amazon as well. Greg, if you can find it, put that in the chat for us. I can be two. I can be uh, two. Yep. So I, that's a, a a good question that that was posed because sometimes we can't set kids up. Well, let me let's go a little further. We got time, folks. Y'all just ride with us for a few minutes. This is something I've always wanted to explore, and since I don't know, we might get raptured tomorrow. So let me ask it now. I've been thinking in my mind because I watched the journey of one of my kids through high school. You know, my son plays for the Army Band. I bought him his first drum set when he was two years old, right? And he played, he loves music. That was his passion. That's his passion today. But I never saw a collaborative. I mean, I worked with his band teacher and his drum teacher and supported and went and all that. But I never saw a conversation where Chris and mom and dad and the, and the guidance counselor sat down in any interval of the education process and said, hey, where is it that Chris wants to wind up? And it was kind of like, okay, we had to figure it out on the fly, 11th grade. Do you want to go to college for music? I don't really want to be a band teacher. I want to be in performance. Well, let's look at some other options. But but my my question to you is, Doctor, how can we? Because you said that tapping into their gifts, and I I knew what my son's gift was. But how can we make this more of a collaborative piece where everybody is on the same page with this kid on in their journey? Because I'm just not seeing that. Right. Um, I'm reminded. I love to uh, get historical quotes and put things in put things in perspective for me. Yes, uh, I'm reminded of Tony, Tony, Tony Morrison, if you will. She talked about if, if there's a book that you want read or that you want to read, but it has not been published or written yet, then you must be the one to write it. Mm. And so to answer your question, Yes, sir. I hadn't seen a book that I've read, maybe there's one out there, who father and son, and my book talks about career exploration, have a conversation very early with children, which is important. Mm -hmm. Also, I'm thinking about when I was in the ninth grade, I think it was the ninth grade, and we had to take some kind of career inventory replacement test or something. I remember mine came back saying that I would be good at a vocation. So college wasn't a choice for me. I can remember taking the SAT in high school and the guidance counselor, I can think of her name. If I knew her name, I, was, I would call it out. I can think of her name, but she told me that my SAT score was too low and no college or university would accept me but I sit here now with that same low SAT score. <laughs> and so from, and, and even through my experience, you talk about your son, I don't remember a school counselor or guidance counselor sitting having those career conversations with me okay. about my dreams and aspirations. Again, what saved me, the saving of me was result of parents, mom and dad in the home. Okay. And the sisters in the village. Yes, sir. It was the sisters who saw me and saw possibilities. As I say, it was the, the old saints. So sometimes it behooves mama and daddy and cousin, aunts and uncles to uplift and to motivate kids and discuss careers with. Okay. Because if we leave it to systems, it may not happen. Once upon a time, I used to be a, a school counselor as well, middle school counselor. Right. And you can't leave it to systems to make a difference career-wise in our kids. Because our kids need to explore careers at a very young age, very early age, very early. If we can sing songs, we can rap songs, then we could talk about careers 
and opportunities. And we need to do it at a very young age because what we don't want to happen when a child is living the dream careers of the parents. Yeah. And now the child's a certain age and say, listen, a girl, a, a student told me a couple of weeks ago at, at, at State, she was supposed to be a doctor. And she changed her mind and it crushed her parents. Whew. She wants to be a social worker. Mm. But her parents prepare her to be a medical doctor. Right. And she said, that's not what I want. So we have to listen to children. That's powerful. And and again, I think uh, for those of you that are listening to our podcast and those of you that are breezing by on our live channel, DrEdBell.org has given, I mean, just in these 39 minutes, he has dropped some amazing nuggets. I want to tell you about his two books. The first book, Hold It Up, Doctor, I Can Be Too. That's his newly released book. Um, it's a conversation between a father and son discussing early career opportunities, and you got to get it. Uh, it's illustrated. Great for a, a father and son to walk through that book or mom and dad. It's just an amazing, amazing story. And I'm going to get me a copy because I'm going to be in Raleigh in a few weeks, so I'll hunt you down and get it. Oh, sounds good. Uh, also, uh, he has a second book. What was the second book, doctor? Uh, letters and lessons for my teachers. Letters and lessons from his teachers and uh, you f for his teachers. You can get that book on Amazon or at his website, uh, dredbell.org. And so Amazon or his website, and these books are available. I'm so excited. That, is this your first podcast since you wrote the book, the, 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 the new book? Oh, absolutely. Since well, I wrote the book, this is my first, uh, uh, my first podcast. Y'all heard this, ladies and gentlemen. We got him here. We got him here first, right after yes, hot yes. off the press. Yeah, hot off the press, my good brother. We got some star power up in this place. Yes, yes, and, yes. And so yes. we're we're thankful for uh, you putting this out. And you know, one of the things that I will say, Doctor, you know, I wrote my book last year. Um, and it was one of the hardest things I did. Now I know for, for you, I mean, my, my brain just doesn't work like that. I don't like typing. I don't like writing. I just like speaking, right? I figured that's right, all I can right, do right. good. But once it was finished, it was one of the most rewarding, satisfying things because I know it's going to be here forever. You know what I mean? That's something that'll be here long after I'm gone. And so I would ask everyone to get these books in your hands. Uh, I'm going to get a signed copy of each book when I'm in Raleigh on June, uh, October the 9th. And so I'm going to hunt you down and, and get no, my it's not a problem. Okay. Uh, so doctor, let me ask you this because this is, this is something that I know you're passionate about. Um, what is, what is, the, I don't, I, let's not make it such a general term, but you have done a lot of work in the community specifically for the African American male. And tell us your heartbeat and passion in this arena. That heartbeat started, uh, I started working in the community in the city of New Bern, I think 1992, 1993. Uh, I used to, once upon a time, I used to be a social worker from eight to five. And then from eight to five, I said, again, I used to work with William children. I used to be a William social worker. And so I said, oh, something needs to be done for these kids after five o'clock. So once again, I went back into my community that I grew up in, which was Craven Terrace, although we had left Craven Terrace and moved to Pembroke, but I wanted to do more. I felt as though there was more that I needed to do. And I had a calling. I, I, I say this, and I don't think I have said it often, but I used to say it way back when. <laughs> it's an interesting story. I because during that time in the 80s and the 90s, I used to love to iron. I don't know why I had this something about ironing clothes was just uh, me. But anyway, I was at the ironing board and this idea came to me and said, you know, the thought that you need to do a youth program. And I just dismissed that thought from my mind, standing at the ironing board. It came to me, do a youth program. I said, no, nah, I ain't doing that. But I listened to the voice. And I started that youth program. Uh, initially, it was just three working with African-American boys. Oh, only. 
But the word got around in New Bern and the girls want to be a part of it. And so it was open up, whosoever will, mm -hmm. let him or her come. And so it grew and it grew and it grew. And then grants became available and we did an after school program, I think for about 12 years. So I saw myself and some of those guys. Yeah. I saw myself in them when people said it can't be done until I tried. And so I saw situations that people stereotype or painted false narratives against black males. I saw those things. Yes, sir. So what can I do? What can I do? You know, just bless it with a blessed assurance that the, what happened or uh, happened to some of those black guys could have happened to me. Right. That's right. I'm not that special. It's just because I made different decisions and because again, of the sisters, the old saints in my village, right? Mom and dad in the village, they listen, you are possible. And so that passion, develop and I continue to with that passion and doing what I can to uplift the brothers and let them know that you are indeed possible because if I when I think about me and my story and story is similar I am what others thought was impossible. Wow. Yeah. You know, and so I when I interact with uh, uh, young men today, I, re I remind them, you know, you know, I, you know, I made choices, different, made bad choices, made good choices, but I made choices, and I learned from the mistakes that I made, and I never, King, take for granted my journey, and it would be it would do me a disservice in a world of disservice, if I don't tell my experiences and let the brothers know that you are possible. Yeah. And for many of our kids, they just need a new beginning. Man, and that new beginning can start in the morning, doctor. It can start in the morning. You, you, uh, you know, because we all have some wrong in our closet. Yeah. And so, and I, and I should actually tell people, adults, that we shouldn't uh, be have an amnesia <laughs> when we are talking to children. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, you know, don't get all cute. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, you know what? Uh, one time, maybe about five or six years ago, I was asked to speak. I was asked to come speak to a graduation, I think, but in a prison. Okay. So I said, oh, wow, this is interesting. So I said, can, can, it be the, can you be the commencement speaker at the graduate ceremony? I said, sure. So here I go, dressed up in my suit on, bow tie on, you know, all the works and all that. Yeah. And I got up there with my speech and I told the story of Harriet Tugman, how she liberated people. And, and as I was talking, I looked out in the room and I saw the brothers who look just like me. Mm -hmm. And I said to myself, that could be me. Yes, and sir. I stood there delivering my speech. And all of a sudden, I began to snatch off my bow tie. I took off my jacket. I unbuttoned my tie. And I said, I'm just like you all. We just made different decisions. And so sometimes we have to humble ourselves to help people out. Right. And so that suit and that bow tie at that moment meant nothing to me. I was just dressed up. And so, and sometimes we have to come out of the costume and reveal <laughs> who we are. But when I come out of the costume, right. I'm the same brother. Yes, sir. <laughs> I'm the same person, the same person. And so when I wear my, uh, when I wear my uh, uh, Chuck Taylor sneakers, right. people get amazed. I say, yes, 
There's no difference from the brother who sags his pants or the brother has nappy and natural hair. Right. Then what's the difference? Wow. I don't sag my pants, but I can sag my pants. Okay. And I'm still Dr. Ed Bell. He's, he's. <laughs> and, and so what we have to do, we have to reach where you are and let them know, yes, if I want to, oh, yes, I could put this runner back on, you know, do all this, all that stuff. Right, right. You know, I'm still the same person. Right. And so, but what we have to do is to reach where we need to reach to lift where we need to go. Yeah. Because I'm not far removed. Now, when I go back to New Bern, I enjoy, I see people, I say, hey, hey, I just love it. Right. And so I uh, I went over, I think a couple months ago, I went to Paris and London. I remember. And I Googled when I was in Paris and London, where are all the black people? <laughs> so wherever I go, right. I take me with me. Right, right. So I know there's no distinction. That's right. Where I'm, I'm, I'm taking me. So I Google, and so I found two places. One place in London, it was a black museum that I went to that I thoroughly enjoyed it. That made my trip. And when I went to Paris, I Googled where are the black people? Uh-huh. And I found a village called Little Africa. And so if I drove with we drove there and I saw a sea and a parade of black people dressed in their African attire. And I got out of the car and I spoke and walked around. Wow. So I take me wherever I go. Uh let me so just you say have, you have let, to be a demonstration. Let me say, let me say this, man. I'm just, <laughs> Greg, this was good. I we we yes. landed a great one. You can find Dr. <laughs> Dr. Ed Bell. I can't afford to have you as my keynote speaker yet. We're gonna have to raise some money to have you. <laughs> Dr. Ed Bell.org. Yes. He is the author of I Can Be Two. That is uh, an amazing story of a father and son on a journey for career exploration. And he's also the author of hold up the other one, doctor, so I can make sure I get it. I don't want to. I don't want to misquote it. This one is lessons and letters. Letters and lessons. Letters and lessons for my teachers. And this is something that all my educators and principals and administrators out there, you really need to get this in the hands of your teachers because a snapshot of the book it just ta- it talks about letters that uh, kids wrote about the things that were said to them from from teachers and uh very very revealing and so this is why we we really really worked hard to get dr ed bell on the show let me just tell you a few other things about him though but he he offers uh, classroom management services parent teacher conferences professional development for educators parent education for educators equity training 21st cclc after school services community engagement outreach grant management and consultation federal program grant experience this is somebody that you would want for your uh to pay to bring in for your for your staff and your staff development for your commencement speeches for your uh, team building dr ed bell is a highly sought after educator and let me tell you something. He's a PhD. He didn't get his. He didn't get his. Uh, EDD. EDD. I'm sorry. He didn't get his. He didn't get his doctorate from Bo Jangles like CL King did. So, <laughs> can the church say Amen, Doctor? Amen. No. Uh, 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 earned scholarship, studied, research. And 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 you know what? I talked about that, and and I'm gonna let you go because man, we could talk. I could literally talk to you all night. Um. I talked about the honeybee. You may have seen this post this morning, maybe not. But I talked about, and, and I did a whole show on it last night, about how honey ain't free. And I don't care what you do and how hard, whatever your pedigree is and your name and background, you got to work for the honey. The honeybee itself has to go out and travels over 500 miles in its lifespan to gather that nectar and take back to the hive. And what I hear you saying and all that you've said is you, it, it won't hurt you to work for it. 
and 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 that's what we need to be instilling we we encourage we nurture but we also teach them that hey man you you're gonna have to work for this they ain't gonna be given to you and uh dr ed bell is hails out of raleigh and what are you presently doing your professors where are you at now yeah, I currently uh, teach at uh, Capella University. I'm in the counseling department. I teach at Morris Brown. I'm in the psychology department. <laughs> and I teach at NC State, and I'm in the Master's of uh, Social Work program. Then I consult and speak and present on the side. Again, I should have been a teacher from day one. Now, get, check this out. He just retired not too yes. long ago from the North, North Carolina Department, Department of Public Instruction. I retired in 2018 at the age of 56. And it, and it came out of retirement at 57. <laughs> right. But you know what? Because I should have been right. a teacher from day one. From day one. Yeah. I ran. Well, I can tell you this, doctor, it. that I... I, there is something about being in the room with the teacher. And when we come back, I want, when we bring you back, I'm just going to send you the link and you schedule yourself for a couple months out from now. Uh, just whatever day is open, just go ahead and schedule yourself. And if something happens, sure, we'll, sure, sure. We'll, we'll just work it out. But doctor, if you can go to his website again, dredbell.org, you can see all of the work that he has done, his sessions, he's very engaging, as you can tell. He gave me a run for my money on my own show. You know what I mean? I had to try to get a word in edgewise. Letters and lessons for my teachers. You got you really got to give that professional development. That would be a great professional development, wouldn't it, doctor? It would be an excellent professional development because in the, the professional development, again, uh, before we get into the nuances of classroom management, I talk about Talk with the staff, the educators, number one, who are you? Yeah, who are you? And and that's interesting because isn't that something when you go into the doctor's office and you you fill out all of that information in the lobby, then you come in there, the first thing they want to know is, so what's wrong with you? Absolutely. <laughs> I'm just like, hey, didn't I just fill all this stuff out? Didn't you read the notes? But that's they right. want they want you to they want you to die, you know what I mean? They want you to look within and that's say, right. who are you? Who, who are, are you? you? And Man. then we can talk more in depth about classroom management. But I need to know who are you first. Well, I'm gonna share this with uh Onslow County uh superintendent and their leadership because this is something i feel like every school in in eastern carolina and beyond should should hear and have you are a gift to our region sir and um i i've i feel edified and lifted up just from this short time that you and i have been together greg is like man this how how did we manage to get dr ed bell and see like i said it's something ladies and gentlemen when you can finally come together and let the iron sharpen the iron. I've watched Dr. Ed Bell for years from a distance. And uh, you know, you can even develop, what did you say, biases, implicit biases against people and you don't even know them. Well, I don't like him wearing Chuck Taylors with a suit, right? Whatever right. the case may be. Right. And, and God said, you need to have that man on your show. What are you doing, right. crazy? Right. And, and so we're, we're, we are blessed. I told him, I said, this is the beginning of a long-term friendship. He don't get to retire now till he's like 97. No, I'm enjoying it. Uh, <laughs> I'm enjoying the journey too much now. Well, and that's what, that's what we're thankful for that somebody like you has joined uh, the Impacting Life 24-7 family. Consider yourself having an open invitation anytime, but we definitely want to keep you on a quarterly schedule to hear your voice. What we do at this point of the show, you guys can hear the music is already here. I'm like, man, the show's over. How did this happen? We went over, y'all. Yeah, we went over a whole 30 minutes because it was just that good. And we didn't even scratch the surface on the things that Dr. Ed Bell can deliver to you all. So Dr. Bell, before we let you go, I want you to know that when we post after every show, we usually make a flyer and we'll make sure to spell everything right. We usually make a flyer about a quote that impacts us during the show. We just remember. And one of the quotes that you made tonight was, I am what others thought was impossible. And it's my quote. That's it. And you're going to get credit for it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and, that's, and, I'll, I'll, I believe that. 
Yeah, he and is. It's not just my story either. It's so many others, uh, the story. Yeah. Uh, so, so before we let you go, doctor, I would love for you to speak to our audience and just kind of put a bow on this thing for tonight. You know, maybe maybe people are wondering what their purpose is in life. Whatever the Lord lays on your heart, I'm going to give you 60 seconds to get it off of your heart. Okay. okay. Let me just end with this quote. I love to quote people. I'm going to give you a quote. I'm paraphrasing by James Baldwin. And when it relates to children. And so children, our children have never been very good at listening to us. But here's what we have to understand. But they have never failed to imitate us. And so we have to watch what we say and do around children because they will imitate us. So to all the parents out there listening, yes, be mindful. Be mindful. The kids will imitate us. They may have a hard time listening to us, but they don't have a hard time imitating us, do they, sir? Wow. That's Dr. Ed Bell. You can find him again at dredbell.org. Get a copy of both of his books. The first book, of course, is Letters and Lessons for My Teachers. And then the second book that just newly released, this is his first podcast on the release of the book, I Can Be Two by the great Dr. Ed Bell. Thank you so much, doctor. And we will see you again real soon, sir, okay? My pleasure, as always. Okay, we'll talk to you again. Thank you so sure, much. Sure, sure, sure. Have a great bye -bye. night. Bye-bye. So, ladies and gentlemen, that was Dr. Ed Bell. Wow, Greg, wasn't that good, man? So I guess our idea of getting an honorary doctorate from Bojangles is out the window. <laughs> he said, uh, you need to have the scholar scholarly accreditation. If you, I said, yeah, you know what? That makes so much sense. And there's nothing wrong with an honorary doctorate, but make sure that you clearly give that distinction so people know. And again, DrEdBell.org. What a what a what a man! What a what a great man! And what a we, I'm telling you what we there's so much more that that is in store for us with our partnership with Dr. Bell, and uh, he said I am what others thought was impossible. So that's it for us, ladies and gentlemen. Next week we will be in the Craven County Jail next Wednesday and Thursday to launch our brand new four month long series called stay free so the 27th and 28th i'm going to be talking to the men and women there in a four part four month series about what they need to do to stay free we're going to take each letter of the word free and break it down and give them tools and guide marks on what they need to do to stay free. It's a campaign that we launched based off of what one of the men said when I asked him, what is your purpose outside of this jail? And he said to stay free. And it resonated so much. I said, that's going to be the campaign, bro. So we've got some shirts on getting ready to be made. Stay free this coming next week, Thursday and Friday. And then on Saturday, we will, Greg and I will be traveling to Wilmington, North Carolina to help celebrate Minus Two in their concert there. So, you know, we've had them on the show. Dr. Daryl Minus and Dr. Eric Minus have been on the show before. And so we're going to go to their concert there in Wilmington, North Carolina. And then a couple weeks after that, we'll be in Raleigh for the jail um the jail conference, the prison reform conference. I'll be up there networking and speaking and talking to all those people there. So thank you, Greg, for your assistance. And I hope that you have a great night. Greg's worked really hard this week, late nights and early mornings. And he always shows up when we need him. Thank you, Danny, for being in the, uh, the pre-show with us tonight and helping us with the Stay Free campaign. Also, Katrina, God bless you. We are praying for you. We love you. We thank you for all that you do and all of your continued support. Katrina is a platinum sponsor. And when we get a little free time out of her, she helps us at Impacting Life 24-7, but she's very busy. So again, that's it for tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Dr. Ed Bell, Dr. Ed Bell, Look at my notes here. 
org. Go to .org, .org, drebell.org. And the quote of the night is, I am what others thought was impossible. Take care.